This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group, and alongside me, as usual, his cheery self, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining me today. We're going we're gonna to revisit a topic we did probably a year or two ago, and the name of today's show is going to be should you hate annuities do you remember <laughs> do you remember our friend not our friend do you remember you know the guy you remember his name the guy that hates annuities and plat- lets everyone in the world know about oh, what it what was his name you we did a show a whole show on him but you know for me a year is a long time that's true his name uh, is ken fisher oh yeah ken fisher of fisher I'm glad investments I, didn't say, I was thinking frank fisher but no ken fisher and he's the guy who says why he calls this thing why you should hate annuities or I hate annuities. In fact, I saw a commercial which which sparked me to do the show last time. It was a commercial on TV. I was watching TV with my kids and he comes on and says, I would die and go to hell before I would sell an annuity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's strong language there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ken, right? Ken. Yeah, Fisher. Ken. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know the guy and I think he's brilliant, by the way. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, I hate annuities and you should, too. That's the that's where you see it all over Google. Um, I don't know if he still does it. I, I think he did. I mean, he doesn't need to because Fisher Investments is one of the top companies in terms of size of assets in the in the country. I think he has, I think the last time I checked, they're close to a hundred billion in assets under management. So they're, he's doing something right. <laughs> the shocking truth about annuities. Yeah. Fisher investments. Yeah. It's, uh, right. I, I'm looking it up. He's still, uh, he's still shilling his wares online. <laughs> right. Well, the, the strategy is, so the, for those that don't know what we're talking about, the strategy is the, um, he what he does, what his company does, I should say. I don't know if he's involved in it anymore or if he's just the figurehead. But basically, the company's business model is they'll buy out contracts. They'll buy out annuity contracts. So an annuity is a contract with an insurance company. And to leave the before the, the time is up. So if you have a five-year contract, if you leave before the five years are up, meaning take all your money away, you have to pay a penalty and they call it a surrender charge. So he hates them so much. What he does is he'll take 
he'll move the person's assets and then he'll pay the surrender charge and put the, his, the company's money into their account to make them good on the surrender charge. That's, that's the gimmick. Now, here's the flip side of that. He'll pay for that surrender charge as long as you stay with the company and you pay them their management fees, which relatively speaking are high. So it's, he's basically buying you out of an annuity contract and putting you into a managed account, which also has fees, but he's getting those, their company's getting those fees. You follow? Yep. Yep. Which it seems kind of weird because, um, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, buy this policy, I'll pay you money. I mean, that's called rebating. It's illegal in the insurance world, but I guess it's okay. I mean, surprised no one's ever challenged him on it, but I don't care. You know, I think it's interesting. So, um, what's inter- what, what makes it really interesting is what I found out recently, which is why I wanted to bring this up again. And I want to get your take on it, Tony. In the news recently, I saw an article on Ken Fisher. And what the article talked about is that his company, Fisher Investments, actually held as investments annuity companies. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he was bashing these annuities. And then he actually, with the client's money, bought annuity companies. To be more specific, he owned American Equity. Oh, which wow. is, I think, the largest indexed annuity company. Yep. Yeah. And he that's, owned Prudential, right? Prudential, which which is a which owns Jackson National, which is a large variable annuity company. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at this article, and they said he owned about eighty five million, or the company, actually, not him. Fisher Investments owned about eighty five million of American Equity and one hundred and thirty million of Prudential. Now, the question is: Is that hypocrisy? Or is that a double standard? Mm-hmm. And I want to get your take on it. What do you think? Do you think you can bash annuities in general and then actually go out and buy the companies that sell them as an investment? Well, I think, isn't he doing a kind of the, you know, I hate to call it bait and switch, but he says, uh, why, you know, I hate annuities and you should too. But then if you go to his website, there's... um uh, where's the thing? I saw something. I was looking for it here, but there's like, um, understanding your annuities and help with your annuities. So it's like, it's like almost like I, I've got to believe they're selling annuities. Um, I, okay. and maybe they're not, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but it is hypocrisy. And I know a lot of people like, I'm just going to bring up another example that ties into this one that I know personally more about. And that is, um, uh, uh, the Lampo group, Dave, um, uh, what's his name now? <laughs> I just say spaced on his name. Um, uh, the guy who cuts credit cards. Uh, I almost went to work for him. Uh, he has a nationally syndicated radio show. And, uh, I think this guy, Ken has hypocrisy, uh, just like Dave does because, um, uh, Dave says you cannot, don't buy anything with credit. Okay. Maybe your house, you should have zero debt. And that's, you know, I think that's good advice to cut up credit cards. But um, he's a best-selling author uh, and he, you can buy his books with credit cards. And, I, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you can even go to, he charges, he does executive retreats where he speaks. 
Right. And I know as a fact that uh, it's super high cost per person, you know, to go to these things. And he does it in the like Caymans every year somewhere like that. And uh, he takes credit cards. <laughs> and yeah, he lives on a big house on the hill in Nashville. So, I mean, there's always some hypocrisy. I mean, uh, that's hypocrisy in the same way. So, Well, I, I, I see it. I mean, but let's be real. You got to take credit card. I don't blame him for it. Just like with Ken Fisher. Um, I mean, if you look at if you look at how much he invested or his company invested in those insurance companies, it represents less than a percent of their overall assets. So, yeah. It's not like he's like that. He owns a company that's selling these things. He and owns people, stock in that company. Right, right. And he yeah. got rid of it. So I don't see an issue with it. I just, it, but it doesn't it take much ironic. to get people. Yeah. Right, right. It doesn't get much to get people all fired up about, oh, I see you owned it. Rah, you know, it's like saying, um, you know, I, 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 in my portfolio, maybe we own cigarette company. Right. And, um, do I smoke? No. Do I like smoking? Do I think it's good? No. But I might own a, a cigarette manufacturer because they're profitable. Right. So, so now, which brings up another issue, which is socially responsible investing. And ah, you could that do that. Is, you, that's a great issue. You can go that way. You can mm -hmm. go that route. Like I have portfolios that are socially responsible. What I mean by that is they don't invest in certain aspects of um, industry that some deem inappropriate. So they may not invest in cigarette manufacturing companies, alcohol, tobacco type things. They may not invest in um, companies that are harming the environment. There's environmentally social uh, uh, portfolios. I know there's a big uh, religious uh, focused portfolio, not a, um, not a religious focus, but you know, um, sensitive to what's right in, in their mind and not investing in companies that don't follow those principles. Right. So I you, know a you, lot of people refuse to have any investments that touch certain companies like Monsanto or right. Pfizer, you know. Right. And along the same lines, you might have people that say, I'm going to burn my Nike shoes because they're uh, supporting Colin Kaepernick and the NFL protest, you know. So people are not able to separate the um, the emotions or the the politics or the or whatever sort of feelings they have about a company and the profitability of that company. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying you got to be able to do that. Or if you want, you can separate it, and it can be done, and that's okay too. But you just got to know that. So when I'm looking at what what Fisher Investments is doing with insurance companies, I have no problem with it. I don't consider him a hypocrite about it. But I, what I'm, my bigger problem with him and that statement, I mean, he says, I would rather die and go to hell before I would sell an annuity. Now, you know, Dolphin Financial Group, we have Dolphin Wealth Management, so we manage people's money, just like the um, Ken Fishers of the world. Then we also own a, an insurance brokerage. So we do insurance products, whether it's um, life insurance or health insurance and, and sometimes annuities. Um, and my... It doesn't make me feel good when someone says I'd rather go to hell than do with that. But for some reason or other, I do the math and they make the most sense, especially when you need income. So I think the problem I have with him isn't so much that he's a hypocrite. It's that the blanket statement that all annuities are bad is really that's detrimental to what we're trying to accomplish in this world, which is helping people with their finances. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's the key right there. It is interesting. I was trying to, I for some reason blanked on Dave Ramsey's last name. That's who I was talking about earlier. Oh, right, Dave yeah. Ramsey. So he does yeah. a lot of um, of discussions about debt management. And, yeah. And, In but fact, he, his debt management program and his budgetary programs to get out of debt are amazing yes. and very helpful. And he's done so much good in that area. Uh, the problem is, is when he spouts other financial advice and starts talking about bonds and, and mutual funds and investments. And he has right. absolutely no designations. He's not a fiduciary. He's not licensed. Um, he has a great organization to help people get out of debt and, and uh, cutting up credit cards, I think, is always a great idea. Uh, however, beyond that, <laughs> uh, he makes, uh, he, he's one of the wealthiest people. He makes so much money and so much of it is made via credit card. Um, it does get a little hypocritical and, um, yeah. So, well, the, I, the other issue with him, because that you, you, you're making a good point. Like you got to be careful what, where the advice is coming from and what, where they're making money. So with Ramsey, you know, he right. talks a lot about debt management, which is absolutely great. You're right, because I run into people all the time who have ridiculous amounts of debt and they're trying to retire. It's like, come on, this should have been done years ago. Yeah. But um, he often touts ridiculously high returns in mutual funds. So yes. he'll say, oh, why would you invest in a bond or cash or stocks or whatever annuities when you can buy a mutual fund from one of my preferred vendors, yep. by the way, um, and you'll get 14%. Now, when you say something like that, that bothers me. I, I don't well, mind you one, saying, "Hey, one, invest if you for said long term. that, you you get audited. You're you're a you're right. a licensed financial person, and you can't go on the radio and say that." Uh, well, I, I could, because, but then I might lose my license and my livelihood. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you'd be you'd be fined. You'd be you you get audited every year. Uh, that's the problem. Nobody's auditing him. That's why I was hoping that fiduciary rule would go through, so people like. Uh, Susie Orman and, um, uh, you know, uh, Dave Ramsey would have to be audited, go through the licensure, just like every other financial advisor. Uh, I don't understand why it hasn't happened. Uh, you know, I guess big insurance companies have fought against it because they don't want to have insurance. People have to have that licensing, but, uh, or that, uh, that rule about having to do what's in the client's best interest rather than sell or pitch whatever's going to make you personally the most money. Yeah, there is, um, there is, that's a good point. I mean, that's with, with Ramsey and talking about, Hey, you know, use one of my preferred vendors and get a 12%, 14% return on mutual fund. I mean, you can't say that that's just wrong because you could lose that. Um, but yeah, he's not beholden to any securities law because he's not selling anything. He's just, getting a referral, you know, and yeah, that I was hoping that would be cracked down. But he but is making money. He is making money and drawing people in and selling books and selling out, uh, uh, events, leads, training leads events, to, uh, financial people. And he is getting paid by the financial people that do, uh, benefit from him saying that. So, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, uh, whatever you think about Dave, he has helped so many people, but yeah, when he starts giving that kind of advice, I cringe because nobody can guarantee any results as far as that, that kind of a return. 
Right. And they say, oh, over the long term. And, you know, and like and with Ken Fisher, you know, I hate all annuities. You know, he doesn't. I, I think he's just being dramatic and using it. I, I truly believe that. I mean, there are times when someone says, hey, you know, I need like, does he hate pensions? Does Does Ken Fisher hate pensions? Does he like, hate will, Social Security? Does he hate Social Security? Like, that's an annuity. Like, yeah. someone getting a pension is a form of an annuity payment. Like, I know what the scary part is. I have no problem with him saying I hate. I would rather go to hell because it's just a personal preference. You know, financial planning and advice is more art than science, really. Um, you know, you could go in a lot of different directions and you could justify a lot of different avenues. But what I cannot justify is, is totally throwing an entire a solution or a, a tool out the window and say this is terrible. No matter what, it's terrible. That that kind of blanket statement is is not helpful. You know, on the same token, someone that says, oh, annuities are the greatest thing since sliced bread, mutual funds are terrible. They, yeah. I have a problem with them, too. Yeah, I, you, I just know, have a you know they're just these. bucking to make a commission or something, you know. It's right. Just, they, yeah. you gotta, you got to look at it from a neutral standpoint. And I think if you approach the relationship, which Fisher Investments does, from a very polarizing standpoint, it is so bad I would rather go to hell. It is so bad I will pay you to leave. That just doesn't seem like a very neutral stance to me. The idea is let's look at your situation and see whether or not it truly is bad. Because if it is, then I'll help you get out of it. But if it isn't, I'll tell you to stay. And so that is the better approach, and which is why I have a problem. I don't care about him owning insurance companies. I don't think he's hypocritical. I think it's just a marketing scheme. And it's a very effective one. It's a very effective one because um, – He's just basically shifting the the fees from the insurance company over to his company and making it seem like he's really, truly helping people. And sometimes he is because sometimes some of these annuity products are terrible, you know, and, and they really oh, yeah. are bad. And and so I'm and, on and his well, side or on the those. wrong person. I mean, I mean, Dan, you're the one always telling me it depends on everybody's situation. And I think the point you've brought up before uh, and really stressed, and this is what it's all getting to, is that uh, why would you take a valuable tool off the table? I mean, why not look at everything? Some of the things are not going to be appropriate for everybody, but it's like, nope, I'm not going to consider that. It's completely off the table. I won't even look at that. Well, then that's not a good financial advisor because uh, what if that's the best thing for your particular situation? And this goes back to the whole fiduciary discussion. You had people fighting with each other, infighting within the industry. You know, I have colleagues that are only, they, they are fee only, meaning the only way they get paid is a fee to manage money, which I do as well. But I also own an insurance company and a lot of, of financial planners look at me as a bad guy because of that. Well, how can how can you own a, an insurance company, um, insurance, you know, I would never sell insurance. I think that's a conflict of interest. But but the problem is by saying I would never do something, I would never invest in that. A um, An insurance product is terrible, an annuity is terrible, a reverse mortgage is the devil. Like who says these things? There are some advisors that are so high and mighty that say I only charge to manage people's for guidance and charge a fee. I would never recommend any of these. That's the problem. There's the problem. I think. The idea is, hey, let's talk about how um, annuities are compensated, how the agents are compensated on it. Let's figure out ways to avoid those conflicts. Let's not just throw away the whole tool because you don't like how people get paid for it. You know, that's the problem. They, it's not so much they have a problem 
with the product. They have a problem with how people get paid to sell it. So um, I think it's best to approach everything from a fiduciary perspective. What is best for you? And then I don't care what the end solution is. If the end solution is you're going to put the money in the bank and I don't get any money to manage that because I'm not a bank, so be it. I'm okay with that. So we could do flat fees and so forth. As long but, as it's as long as it's what's in that person's best interest. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And so that's the direction that we the everyone wants to kind of go, but no one wants to go there if it requires them to do the hard thing or make the change or lose money as a result. And right. so, you know, um, I think that's the problem with that. That's why you haven't seen the fiduciary rule take over. Now, there's something in the works that might come out. But really, if you think about it, um, you always got to be careful where you're getting your advice from. And and back to the original statement, which is the whole, you know, should you hate annuities? No, you shouldn't unless they're really bad for you. I don't hate anything. You know, I my if if i was looking at the annuity world and there's a huge vast amount of different types with different bells and whistles some very plain jane which are usually the best um and i'm looking at variable annuities if i was going to pick on the annuity industry i would fight against the variable annuities the most however at the same time i say that i would i don't like variable annuities there are many times I've run into situations with someone comes to me with a variable annuity and I'm saying to them, this is great. It's doing a great job for you. We need to keep it. It's excellent for its purpose. Now, that doesn't happen as much as I say, oh, man, yeah, that's a pretty bad thing. We should try and get out of it. Or I'm sorry you own that, but we can't get out of it. We're yeah, just going to deal with it. Variable annuities are the one I think, I mean, let's be honest, those are the vehicles that gave annuities a bad name typically. Am I right? You're right. And that's the ones that Ken Fisher is really talking about never selling and hating. Right. right. And even people like, you know, some of the talking heads on TV, Susie Orman, oh, I hate annuities. She's talking about and has admitted uh, I'm not talking about fixed indexed annuities that are the more recent ones, which have zero to, you know, they, they have low to no fees and they really do provide a lifetime income. No, she's talking about variable annuities that you can, you put a lot of money in. It's not liquid. You don't have access to it for a long period of time and you could lose it. Yeah. And that's, and, and I've seen articles where Fisher was pushed to say, you know, what is it? What do you hate? What do you hate? And he, he hasn't openly said it, but he alluded to the fact that, yeah, you know, certain times a, a, a immediate annuity for income is good. It's not the, it's not bad. It's the variable annuities that I hate. And, but that doesn't sound as good when you, when you say, right. I hate annuities. Right. No, he's, you, he's you, a smart guy. He's a very, he's, I think he's number 200 on the Forbes uh, wealthiest people list. But then again, you know, he's done well for himself, but does that mean all his advice is the best for your personal situation? No, but um, it, it's a sensational thing to say. It draws yeah. people's attention and it gets him business and that's okay as long as he's doing the right thing by people. It's a little over the top to say uh, I'd rather burn in hell. I, I, I wouldn't say that about anything. Right, really. right, because right, because what's the end goal there? What, what are you trying to say? You're saying that will never work, but what if it does? You know, that's a big risk if you, yeah. you know, if you believe. I mean, in anyone that. who would choose eternal damnation over a fixed index <laughs> annuity, which is going to provide you with a lifetime income in retirement, yeah, that's uh, which that's what I that is the very definition of sensationalism. 
You know what? It reminds me of one of my favorite songs by the Squirrel Nut Zippers called Hell. Have you have you heard oh, that song? Oh, the Squirrel Nut Zippers are hilarious. <laughs> right? That's a good yeah, song. I think they were they were on um I used to, you know, I used to run a little uh, acoustic folk label and we were distributed by Red Eye Distribution out of North Carolina and uh they their label uh Squirrel Nut Zippers were on their label that they had. So, uh that was that was always fun uh because it- I got some I got to hear their albums and get a lot of the promos. They're an amazing band. It, one of, it, I don't know if they're still around, but I, I, I remember listening to them back in the 90s. And uh, I found um, recently, I went up to New York to visit my mom. And um, we went to the beach, and there was karaoke at the beach. And uh, one of the, I'd say he's probably, he looked like he was in his 60s. He sang that song. Out of, and I I was enjoying it. <laughs> My kids had never heard it before. They were like, "What's that?" You know, but they enjoyed it because the guy got into it. And anyone listening, if you want to, if, if while we're talking about going to hell, that's a good song. Hell by the Squirrel Nut Zippers. <laughs> Sorry, I got off topic there for a wow, minute. Wow, we I, really did, and we're we're running out of time. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we go today, Dan? Yes. Okay. So my thought on this whole thing that we started with: should you hit annuities? Is no. Um, sometimes they work. I don't think that they are going to be the answer to everyone, but I also am certainly not going to say they're not the answer. And I often will recommend some, some types of annuities that are fixed, um, or, you know, especially for retirees. Cause you know, I focus on that. So we look at those that don't have the risk that, um, a stock portfolio might, and you can go the bond route, but sometimes there's some risk there too. So I think in this environment, the um, the risks and the reward kind of favor indexed or fixed annuities um, for retirees. So so it'll come. I will bring them up sometimes, and that's not a bad thing. So we I might not see eye to eye with Fisher, but hey, I'm not going to throw him under the bus like he has with the annuities. I will say this: if you do have one and you want someone to look at it. I'll definitely look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm licensed to do that. I'm able to look at it and give you an opinion. Um, I'm not going to just say it's terrible just for the sake of it. At the same time, if you're thinking about getting one and you want a second opinion on, should I, does this make sense? I'm afraid now that I see on that ad that there, I should I'll go to hell if I buy it. Um, um, come talk to me as well. I'll give you the honest truth about it. Well, yeah, that's the great thing. You're very straightforward, Dan. And and even when it goes against against your best interests, and that's that's what the difference is. You're a trusted financial professional, uh, a fiduciary who's always looking out for your client's best interests, and I think that's the bottom line. And I love how you're willing to look at everything and not take anything off the table, but give honest advice about well, in your situation, this isn't the best thing, or in your situation, this really would work. So. Uh, with that said, great show today, Dan. We're out of time. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you or set up that complimentary consultation or get that second opinion? Best way to go is go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. We're gonna we're just updating the website now, so it's gonna have a fresh look. And also, uh, you can give us a call. Oh, by the way, we're doing a couple of seminars um, around this time. We're always trying to do some educational events. So check out the website for that, dolphinfinancialgroup.com. But the easiest way, always, just give us a call, 888-508-5935. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. 
Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.